In an ideal world, our kids would grow up and reach adulthood equipped with the skills necessary to meet the demands of the outside world, and that world would offer our kids many opportunities. Unfortunately, that's not the world that many of us live in. Coming up on today's podcast, Kim Abraham and Marnie Studiger-Cordner's article, Parenting Your Adult Child, How to Set Up a Mutual Living Agreement. You're listening to the Empowering Parents Podcast. Empowering Parents is a community dedicated to child behavior help and problem-solving techniques for parents. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Empowering Parents Podcast. If you're new to the podcast or to the Empowering Parents community, thanks for joining us and taking the time to listen. And if you're looking for even more great content on topics ranging all the way from ADD to uh, parenting kids with behavioral problems, make sure you check us out online at empoweringparents.com. And when you're also on the site, make sure you sign up for our free email newsletter. Uh, We'll send you free parenting tips each week straight to your inbox, as well as special offers in our award-winning parenting programs. One of those programs happens to be the ODD Lifeline, which was co-created by our authors today, Kim Abraham and Marnie Studiger-Cordner. Kim and Marnie wrote an excellent article that we're going to be talking about today, all on how to parent your adult child. So if you've never heard the term adult child, what it refers to is an individual who's over the age of 18 and who's still living under their parents' roof. Sound familiar? Well, if it does, we got some great tips written by Kim and Marnie that we're going to be going over today. Many families are currently living in multi-generational homes where there might be parents, grandparents, and kids of all ages living under one roof. And with respect, boundaries, and clear expectations, this type of situation can be very positive. You know, there's nothing wrong with a family who's supporting each other in difficult times. Many of us, I know I have, um, have had to move back home after things like a job loss, a divorce, or some other setback that we didn't expect. And it can be a lifeline to have family support in the face of a lot of those issues. If you're in this type of situation and things are comfortable in your home, then this article might not be something that you need. But a lot of parents out there have children in their 20s, in their 30s, or beyond living at home in a situation that's just very uncomfortable. Something about it just feels off and things aren't going well. And if you're in that kind of situation, then we're going to be touching on some things that you can put into place to make life more tolerable in your home. Because remember, this is your home. Kim and Marnie believe that you have the right to determine what your home looks like. That's all about creating the home that you want. So what are the boundaries? What are the rules and the expectations that you need to know in order to do that? With younger children, you know, you might have an actual discussion. You talk about rooms being cleaned once every week and that you need help to clear the table after dinner, bedtimes at 9 p.m., curfews at midnight, the list goes on. When that child reaches adulthood, though, when they're 18 and when they're out of high school, then there needs to be a similar talk. And you won't be setting bedtimes or curfews because they're technically an adult and you shouldn't have to worry about that. But you will need to outline what needs to happen so that you can live together respectfully in your home. If you're married, you and your spouse should sit down together and discuss what is and is not okay for another adult who's living in your home. In this case, your son or your daughter. So here are five examples of situations where your adult child might be testing your boundaries. The first example is coming in at night. 
which is a popular one. And like I said earlier, you don't want to give an adult a curfew because they're too old for that, most likely. But if you work in the morning, or if you don't want to be awakened at three o'clock in the morning by someone coming into the house, then you might tell your son and daughter that if they're going to be out past a certain time, then they need to stay at a friend's place rather than waking you up. And if it doesn't bother you to have them coming in at any hour, then just don't worry about it. The next example Kim and Marnie give is about not being your adult child's maid, right? Which is something a lot of us could probably relate to. And while you might not have a list of chores as you would for a younger child, it's definitely reasonable to tell your adult son or daughter that you expect them to clean up after themselves. So picking up their belongings, doing the dishes, cleaning up after using the kitchen, and so on. And if you find yourself in the role of the maid, then obviously it can lead to resentment, and that's not what you want. The third example that Kim and Marnie have on the list is how will your adult child contribute to your home? You know, do you expect your adult child to contribute financially to the household in any way? Um, How about rent, you know, utilities, food, things like that. And if your child isn't working and doesn't have the money to contribute, then you might choose instead to have him do other things to contribute to the household. So housekeeping, for example, lawn maintenance, running errands for you to save time, and so on. And in this way, you don't become resentful for financially supporting your adult child. And it does give him the opportunity to feel self-esteem for contributing to the home. So it ends up being a reciprocal relationship, which is what you want. The next example here is to talk about time frames. Is there a time limit on how long your adult son or daughter will be living in your home? Make sure you ask those questions and you know your child best. So if the situation is open-ended, will he be less motivated to seek employment or to become independent? If so, you might want to give a time frame, but make sure you're prepared. And if you give a deadline, also make sure that you stick to it. The next example that Kim and Marnie have here is adult activities. What are the limits on adult activities that your son or daughter might want to engage in when they're living in your home? For example, are overnight guests okay? How about alcohol or tobacco use? How do you deal with those things? Here's the thing, you know, just because your child is now an adult doesn't give her the right to engage in activities in your home that you aren't comfortable with. That's okay if you're not comfortable with it. And also, if you have younger kids in the home, you might not want certain activities to occur that aren't consistent with your values. Very important things to think about. And you have the right to determine what behaviors are acceptable in your home. If you don't allow smoking in your home and a neighbor comes over, would you ask him to step out and smoke outside? If yes, then the same thing applies to your adult child. These are just a few examples of things to consider when your adult son or daughter is living in your home. You can see how these issues form a picture of what your home might look like, right? You might find that new issues come up as time goes on, and that's okay. It's a process, and it's going to develop more over time. Your picture might change and evolve. So once you and your spouse, if you're married, decide on what's expected, make sure you put it down on paper. It doesn't have to be worded in a punitive or threatening way. You're intention is more to create an open, positive communication with your adult child right from the beginning. So make sure you talk over expectations. And they probably also have their own expectations of what things will look like. So you might choose to negotiate some points if you're comfortable doing that. But the bottom line is that this is your home and you make the final decisions. 
So let's talk a little bit more about what happens when things get off track. Kim and Marnie are great at addressing this in their article. Once you've entered into a mutual agreement with your adult son or daughter on how things will be in your home, you control only one thing, your own behavior. It's up to them whether or not they'll also adhere to the agreement. Remember, even though your daughter is an adult, she's still your child, and our kids tend to push limits and avoid things that make them uncomfortable. They might not do it intentionally or with malice, but you might find that your adult child is slipping back into or never even leaving a pattern of adolescence. Arguing with you or their siblings, leaving messes, disrespect, thoughtlessness, these are all things that parents look forward to not having to put up with once the magic age of 18 is reached, right? If you find that your adult son or daughter is falling back into such behaviors, have a sit down right away. Don't let it slide thinking that it's going to get better. In a positive way, just sit down and communicate that the mutual agreement isn't being followed and then clarify what needs to change. Remember, living in your home past the age of 18, it's a privilege, not a right. If it's mutually beneficial and respectful, then great. If not, if you're being verbally abused or taken advantage of, then you have the absolute right to set boundaries. Those boundaries may include the adult child no longer being able to live in your home. But think of it this way. If he really needs a place to live and he needs your support, he can choose to follow your expectations and house rules. Now, when we talk about rights and responsibilities, Kim and Marnie really want to drive home the point that everyone in your home has the right to live free of verbal or physical abuse. You have the right to set boundaries, rules, and expectations in your home. If you had a tenant, you would have that right too. It's the same when that tenant is your adult son or daughter. So if it helps to think of it that way, then great. And once you've agreed on what's expected in your home, everyone has the responsibility to live up to that agreement. Will it always be perfect? Probably not. You know, nothing is. But if things get off track, then sit down and have a family meeting to bring it back in line as soon as you can. You're in a situation where adults are living together, possibly with younger children in your home as well. So the key to success here is really all about positive, clear communication and mutual respect. You just heard a portion of the article, Parenting Your Adult Child, How to Set Up a Mutual Living Agreement by Kim Abraham and Marnie Studiger-Cordner. The full article on EmpoweringParents.com contains more tips on how you can set boundaries with your adult child. Visit EmpoweringParents.com to learn more. Take care, everyone, and thanks for listening.